Welcome back to That Rugby Podcast. You are joined by your host, Luke Bowden, myself, and the one, the only, Alexander Hughes. Hughesy, how are g'day. we? G'day, g'day. Uh, and some super rugby pain this week, um, but I guess not unexpected pain. It's like when you know you've got to go to the doctor and get uh, uh, like a shot of some kind. It's kind of how I felt going into this week when I heard that the Waratahs would be resting a lot of their Wallaby stars, and it was kind of like, ah, yeah. Okay. I, I, in for some pain. I hold it to the same as like, you know, doing a fitness test and then deciding to be hungover for that fitness test. Yep. You knew it was already a tough ass to do a fitness test. To run the beep test, it's a tough ass for anyone. You know it wasn't going to yep. be a happy time. And then you've put yourself at a disadvantage um, by selecting the squad you did. But again, uh, uh, lesser of two evils probably. Uh, a look to the bigger picture, some young guys mm-hmm. getting um, some debuts and I guess... The rest of it, like, we weren't 100% sure. You're going to go to Auckland, beat the Blues. It's a big ask. There's a long season ahead where much more important games coming and you had to rest yeah. some players, I guess. Exactly. Had to rest some players. Uh, you're already dealing with you know, suspensions, Lockie Swinton, things like that. A whole bunch of factors that may as well just bite the bullet and take this one and, you know, reload for, for next week. Um I should say this week because uh, it's on Friday evening, um, and then uh, and then so you know three uh, really important games coming up uh, for the Waratahs. Um, so they got the Highlanders at home this week, then the Reds away the week after, followed by the Rebels at home. Now they should go three and three in this time. They need to go three and three in this time, basically, right? Highlanders at home, they should take that one. The Western Force just beat the Highlanders at home, so. You can the Waratahs beat the Force? Ipso facto, you should do the same, right? Playing the Reds in Queensland, tough game, but if the Waratahs are on their money, they should be able to do that. And then Rebels at home, they need to get revenge for that game early in the year. And again, this time they are at home. Following that, it's Fiji, uh, a home game against Fiji. This one, so once more, they uh, it's four games really that they need to pick up in a row before they run into the Crusaders in Christchurch. Um, and, it, and that's why I think they've bit the bullet on the Blues so that they could be more uh, stocked and loaded to go for the Crusaders. Totally, totally. And I think it was the right choice in the end, especially like you've just said, their schedule can have them, if they go four from four, building a bit of momentum. We saw what they exactly. did last year out at Leichhardt. Um, so there's yeah. n- there can be no stopping that Tar team. But yes, well beaten by the Blues. The Rebels, who uh, decidedly hate a second half. Uh, mm-hmm. Back-to-back games, you know, that was Crusaders and the Blues have done this too where they're up at halftime, yeah. looking the goods, and then just absolutely apple crumble. Um, because, yeah, that's... I, I, again, I'd love to see their stats. I reckon throughout the season, because I'm sure they were ahead of the Hurricanes at halftime as well. Um, yeah. If not, they were close, and then uh, it all fell away. Uh, so the Rebels hate a second half. We've, we've learned that. And the Force, yeah. Look... It's always hard to go out to Perth. Probably the longest trip, I would say, is mm. the Highlanders heading to Perth from all the way down in the dirty south. But I wasn't totally surprised by this result. I actually, yeah. in my family tipping comp, yeah. picked the Force to win. I also picked yeah. the Rebels to win. And then uh, kind of early crowed myself when I laughed at my partner at halftime that they were up. And, and, of course, I was left in 
dismay Missouri. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I think this fourth team, like I said to you last week, when they played the Waratahs, they that wasn't the fourth team that I think we will see out of them. So, again... I mean, they didn't even look that bad against the Waratahs. The Waratahs just looked very on-song that game. Exactly. You know, it just that was probably the Waratahs' best performance of the season. It was just unlucky for the force to run into that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's no surprise the Highlanders are the most vulnerable New Zealand team. They're the ones that you've got to uh, take advantage of if you're uh, in the... Um, you know, bottom six of the competition, if you're in the lower half of the competition, that's a, an opponent you need to be looking to knock off. And, you know, look, yeah. got coming up, they've got the Waratahs, then they've got the Chiefs, then they've got the Brumbies, uh, then they have the Rebels, the Reds, and the Blues. So Tough ask. Really yeah, tough ask. Really tough to see if they're going to win another game throughout the rest of the year you know rebels is probably they're at home against the rebels that's the, probably their best opportunity oh no sorry what am i saying what i'm saying they're going to beat the reds of course they're, yeah. <laughs> they're a new the, zealand reds. Team. the reds reds don't beat new zealand and let alone in new zealand the reds traveling allergic to, to new zealand pet teams yeah well yeah they're traveling to dunedin on the 26th of may so, so. Well, yeah that's a guaranteed w there for the highlanders you know i i'm interested in and a question i'll pose to you now again Five teams in the top five I don't think are moving. I think we're yeah. going to have a top five, which is the Canes, the Blues, the Crusaders, the Brumbies, and obviously undefeated Chiefs. Chiefs. Now, three spots up for grab for those bottom teams. I think we can count Moana Pacifica out. Yeah, I'm obviously backing the Rebels because I've done it the whole season and I'm not about to sway away from my opinion. But what the Force did on the weekend and what we know with the Fiji and Dutta in Fiji and your Waratahs, as we've spoken about, can get hot. The Highlanders are looking like their first ever New Zealand, not New Zealand based, but New Zealand franchise to miss out on a final spot. Because four doesn't go into, into three. Five doesn't go into no. three, should we say, because five teams, yeah. I would say. Yes. I, I mean, if we do a little bit of a... I know we do this almost every week, but a little comparison of the schedule here. Highlanders have got the away at the Waratahs. Then they've got the Chiefs. You know, tough. I mean, we ran through the Highlanders schedule before. Basically, the the Reds is probably the only game they're going to read there. Maybe the Rebels. Rebels right? as well. Yeah, that'll so be a big game, game to decide those two positions. I think yeah. that'll be. Uh, so I think really that's probably going to decide the eighth spot. Is the Rebels and the Highlanders Rebels, game. Rebels yeah. and Highlanders game there. Right, who are the rebels who running? Have they got they've got the blues in Fiji though. In Fiji, so it's a guaranteed win for the for the. For the you Dura. don't go to Fiji this year and beat the Fiji. It's just... Yeah, then they've got the Hurricanes technically at home as well, but I don't think that's in Fiji. So probably a Canes win there. Then they have the Force in Perth. Oh, uh, that's, that's a big good, game as well. That's so. A big one. Is that is that Port Force versus uh, Fiji game at the on the same round that it's Rebels versus Highlanders? No, it's the same round as Waratahs versus Rebels. Uh, okay. Oh, well, see, that's that's it's a big Brumbies weekend. That one. That's, that's, a, that's a massive weekend. weekend. We well, yeah, uh, Crusaders versus Blues is on that well, weekend as well in Christchurch. Yeah, uh, sorry, sorry just got... sorry just pulled up the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we've got uh, the week after Fiji away against the Waratahs, a, a tough one. I don't think they've ever beaten the Waratahs um, in their limited history, but still. Uh, then 
Uh, and who else? So we're looking also. So Harlem's Rebels is that weekend. That's a big one. Then Force are hosting the Brumbies at home. So that is potential for a sneaky upset there. But I think the Brumbies will probably get the chocolates in that one, just given the quality of their team. The week after, Rebels host the Force. Another really big yeah. game. Yeah. Another really big one with the Highlanders hosting the Reds as well and Fiji hosting Moana Pacifica. So that, this... that weekend's full of full of great games, actually. Week 14, I think, might be the best weekend of the season. It's also weekend of my birthday as well. Highlanders at home versus Reds. All right, Reds season on the line. Brad Thorne, can he go out with a bang and get his team into the finals? Can he finally beat a New Zealand team? Rebels versus Force to perhaps decide a spot in the top eight. Fiji Enduro versus Moana Pacifica. Again, uh, Pacific Pride, the Pacific Games, always amazing. Crusaders and the Waratahs. Again, Waratahs fighting for their life. Can they pull off an upset in New Zealand? Blues versus Hurricanes will be a great game. Great game, although that's in Auckland. And then Brumbies hosting Chiefs, I think, will be the game of the round. Now, yeah, I think round 14 is definitely one to look out for. I also, we've discussed this on an earlier podcast. The situation is the round 15, Chiefs travel to the force. Say we get to round 15, say we get to round 14, Chiefs beat the Brumbies, undefeated season. They're probably resting their players. You sit here right now and you'd say the Force aren't beating the Chiefs in any dimension, in any you know reality, in any um, multiverse that you go into. But this one multiverse where mm. the Chiefs rest their players could be monumental in a round 15 showdown where you know Fiji have got the Reds at home, and the Tars play Moana Pacifica, it might be one where if we see a few players get rested from the Chiefs and the Force take a win, a massive win. So mm. that that fight for the last three playoff spots, oh boy, it's going to be good. That's It's going to be one of the more entertaining things to watch for uh, for, for the rest of this season. And normally, as, as everyone knows, I'm against the eight-team playoff. I am. I'm massively against it. I think it should be a six-team playoff. But for this season, it does give us a little bit of intrigue. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna give them bonus points here because realistically you'd have the bottom seven teams fighting for one playoff spot, mm. which isn't something you necessarily want when the top five teams are so. Uh, in our opinion, I'd say are so far ahead at the moment. Mm. So it's gonna yeah. be interesting. Uh, look, I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty thrilling there at the end. Yeah, even if the Waratahs drop a game drop uh, the game against the Crusaders. They'll finish up the season, I reckon, six and seven with uh, a, quite a few bonus points in those um, wins and losses as well. Um, and that, I think, will probably secure them sixth or seventh place. Yep. By predicting then, oh, I think actually probably sixth, looking at the schedule, then I think... Force, Fiji Force and seven. Rebels... Four seventh, and then one of Fiji and the Rebels eighth. eighth yeah, that's it's going to be something like that. It's going to be close. Just looking, so yeah, I can't I can't pick between those two at the moment because the schedule is just so like there's so many coin flip games there. But it's, it's yeah, good. You're right. It does provide an interesting run home for Super Rugby, which is exactly uh, what it know, needs. Exactly, and it's not just a fight for the eighth spot. It's not a fight for the, just the final spot, which sort of it was last year. We knew who the top seven were going to be, and it was just a, you know whether the Highlanders or someone else would make it. Um, so yeah, it's a it's going to be a good final series as well. It will be. It, it very much will be. And I, you know, Fiji. Let's say they do get into the the finals. I would I would actually like to see a, a top eight similar to what the NRL do. 
because uh, and it's like one v four, yeah, five v eight because that means getting into the top four is highly valued. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like um, if they're going to go and stick with this eight, which they seem like they will, which I again I'm against, but for the season it's turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Uh, gives some meaning to the top four because at the moment these top five teams are just playing for pretty much not wanting to come fourth or fifth because yeah. you've got to play one of the other top two, top two, uh, top five sides in the comp. I, to me, if you go first through four, and then it gives all those teams fighting for the sixth spot, the Waratahs, the Fijis, you know, imagine Fiji fighting for a sixth spot now with a home, I know it's not a, but a home final, that would be uh, something special. Yes, However. it would be, 100%. I think we've even mentioned this in past years, how much we wanted the final series to be like this as well. So not the first time uh, that we have called for this. No, Super Rugby, system. sign us up. We know what we're doing. Um, shall we? Good ideas. We do, we do. We need to be in some sport business. Oh, wait. Yeah, I don't sports know. Brief. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, we'll school create our own league. Um, <laughs> and talking about players that we could add to that league, yes. the Wallabies, they're on the hunt. Two players that you didn't name in your... Um, well, yeah, it's because it's these were players that were presumed untouchables. Right? Off the radar. So, <laughs> off the radar, so to speak. Um, off the sonar, like submarines, they've come sneaking in. Uh, Rugby Australia have come in U-boat style to sink NRL's merchant shipping. So listen to some World War One, World War Two podcasts at the moment, if you couldn't tell. Uh, and Anzac Day tomorrow appropriate as well. Uh so Payne Haas and Nathan Cleary, two of the game's biggest stars, arguably, well, in Nathan Cleary's case, definitely his team's best player. Payne Haas, arguably the Broncos' best player. I would say I Broncos' think, best player. Uh, yeah, I think between him and Reese Walsh at the moment, they're both ah. up there. I think you, win, I, you win the game as, in the as forwards. A, as, a New South Welshman, as a New South Welshman <laughs> and a forward, I would say Payne Haas, but yeah. there, are, there are a lot of people that are seeing that Reese Walsh is taken them to the next level. But again, so much of what Payne has done sets them up for that. But anyway, they're both now on Rugby Australia's radar, apparently because they've both sort of hinted that they they wouldn't turn it down straight away, right? Now, I was getting in my sort of uh, players that Wallaby should target. I named a surprise one in Ben Hutt, and I thought that was pretty wild out there. And I was getting... Um, I was getting pretty excited with the thought of Ben Hunt in a gold jersey, but Nathan Cleary in a gold jersey might just put me into a coma. <laughs> that, right? Imagine Nathan Cleary running the Wallabies out of ten. Oh, just what a what a it run that cutter to death. Payne, oh. Payne Haas in a Payne Haas in a in a front rower jersey, or, or maybe number eight jersey. I'm like, going he's yeah. Tall. Six or yeah. eight, I think six yeah. would be his. You just imagine him as six, him yeah. and Bobby Valentini trying to tackle both of those. You're chucking a Nelson Nelson for Solomono into the locking pair. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it definitely, it's, it's, it's great to think about as a Wallabies fan. I think the chances of it happening, though, <laughs> A, pr- a slim to none, a slim to none, especially in Cleary's case, given his dad coaches him. You, you know, imagine uh, you get uh, Cleary in there at 10. We already know Suali'i's going to the Tars. Yep. You know, Cleary, Suali'i in there. Um, Haas would presumably play for the Reds if he's got, if he's established up with Brisbane, although he is a New South Welshman. Maybe he wants to come back down to Sydney as well. I don't know. I just don't know. Look, whatever happens, I don't. I, if you can get plays of this quality coming across from league, that's fantastic. And again, I, 
I think league and union can work together on this because we've seen as well, Roger Tuivasa-Shek is going back to the Warriors next year, right? Um, after his World Cup. And I, I don't think that was that unexpected. I know a lot of news outlets are sort of playing it up like, oh, this is huge. You know, of course, rugby league wins in the end. Tuivasa-Shek's coming out. It's like, he, his whole intention was to go over and play for a World Cup, right? He wanted to play in a World Cup for the All Blacks. Uh, it's, it's not... I don't think it was exactly a secret that that's what his aim was. And the World Cup's over next year. Why wouldn't he go back and play league after that? I think unless he fell in love with rugby, he would go back to league. And, I, I you know, I think that's a good thing as well. Like, he imagine all of the experience he's now gotten from playing with those all-blacks caliber players, with those blues players. Imagine the different uh, styles of rugby and ball playing that he's learned from that, um, from being around such great ones. I think the rugby league players coming across for the Wallabies can can learn the same thing, can learn from some other really good players as well. And, yeah, I just don't think it should be seen. I mean, yeah, it, it creates good news, controversy and stuff, but I just don't think it should be seen as such a bad thing for yeah. either code to, to lose a player because now you're drawing audiences across. You cross pollinating it's it's like almost they're going online to one code then uh returning to the other i think it, it's fine you know the amount of rugby union talents gone to league just just see it as a as a loan they're going to come back eventually and they're going to learn some great things and that's fine it's going to be beneficial for both games in the end yeah right uh, right when both when both codes are thriving it's better when, when eat you know when something good happens for one rugby code it's good for the other rugby code yeah, totally. And I mean, I think the Roger one, like you said, like it wasn't as big a surprise. And I think it takes a lesser effect because we've only got obviously one NRL team. But my belief is, yeah, look, he's to be fair, may not even make the All Blacks squad for this World Cup. May may do, may not. In the end, I think he's a better rugby league player than he is a union player. He gave one hell of a go and showed that he's got the class to even put on that All Blacks jumper. Showed he has the class and the ability to do it. It's the perfect for the Warriors, in my point of view, because they've probably got him at slightly a cut of less price. I would have said than when he first yeah. was on. Uh, they've got a solid coach, a solid foundation of a team in there now. It just suits both teams better. So that's why I think there's less yeah. noise over here about it being controversial. I guess. It followed on from Joseph Sawali, probably made it a little bit more controversial. But I, I actually think this is a good point. Like, okay, cool. Like, all this talk about rugby union poaching Joseph Sawali, and now Rogers decided to go back to league. It's like, well, are you now oh, is that considered poaching? Because we there was no yeah. talk about poaching Roger Tuivasa-Shek when he decided to come to the All Blacks. Because the All Blacks don't poach. It's more a player will make his interest announced, and then. If he does want to come across, he comes across. You know and what I mean? Surely as well, it just that should just make Leagueys less angry about the Suwili'i um, signing because you would see that, oh, like in the end, they'll come back. And it's like, in the end, this kid's going to come back, presumably, after uh, 2027. If that, if the, if this is what you're saying now, oh, that's what Valandis is saying, oh, look, they always come back. Okay, then why are you fired up about Suwili'i then? He's going to yeah. come back, you know? Just, and And just... Sit back and enjoy it, you know? I watched... enjoy, the, enjoy the renewed attention that the, not only Australian 
rugby fans, but world rugby is going to give to the NRL now because this kid's going to be playing in a World Cup, presumably. He's going to be playing for the Wallabies. Other teams need to watch him and learn how he plays, you know? Yeah. So I, why I not enjoy more eyes on the game? I watched the uh, Fox footy where it was um, Billy Slater talking about it and it'd be like, oh, I don't know how the uh, Australian current Australian players would be feeling. Obviously, you've just signed... Joseph Suwali, you can't be feeling that good that they're taking talent. I'm like, so now if we turn this around, how should all the Warriors be? Like, these guys don't get, like, the current Wallabies may be going like, oh, I can now price check myself because it's quite clear that there's some money going around and and stuff like that. But they're not going, oh, shit, we've signed someone from the NRL, they don't care about us. No, we've shown over the past 20 years we ain't damn well good enough. Like, we haven't got a bit of slow. We haven't pushed in the World Cups. We did in 2015, but again, didn't bring it home. So, to me, it's like, it's a sign of intent more than anything else from Australia. And it comes back to sort of a, I've heard this a lot, where if you're worried about your position when they pick someone else, you're probably not good enough. If you're good enough, you should be secure in that position. Right, so I think the Wallabies that are good enough to be Wallabies at the moment are happy because they've got another gun talent there. I think the Wallabies that aren't good enough, uh, or maybe thinking, oh, maybe my position's at risk now. I mean, there's always injury, right? You're not going to always put your best team on paper out there because of injuries and things like that. Um, and I think uh, everyone's going to be happier to sign a good talent because it means that you'll be winning. And it's like, would you rather be starting on a team that loses or on the bench on a team that wins, right? Yeah. I'd rather be on the bench of the team that wins, right? Because totally. the winning at the end of the day is the, is the aim. That's the goal. Uh, and yeah, what about all of the talent that's brought up in rugby union junior systems that then goes across to rugby league, right? Should they be considered uh, poaching as well? Should that be considered, oh, maybe rugby league doesn't have that good of juniors pathways if they have to be signing schoolboys rugby players, you know? Like, you know, Tom Travojevic, Cameron Murray, are they not good? Are they indicators that, oh, maybe the rugby league pathways is not so good? No, it's, again, it's like there's a hostility between rugby codes that just just shouldn't exist because it just doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. We, are, we are born from the same game. It's, it's a unique situation in the entirety of world sport. I can't think of another situation like this, but even with things like uh, the PGA tour and the LIV golf, it's still the, the same game. You know, it is not a distinction in, in I mean, well, maybe there's some rules differences, but it's nothing like rugby league and rugby union. You know what I mean? There's no other sport like this. There's no other situation like this. So should be working together, should be sure. Have some, Rivalry, but friendly rivalry, not sort of the bitterness that we've seen recently, because I think that's just bad for game as well. How do you get more, you know, rugby leagues looking to, uh, is always thinking about expansion. There's always, there's always talk about a second New Zealand team as well. How do you get more New Zealand eyes on uh, rugby league? I tell you how you get players going across to the Wallabies because now New Zealand is going to think, okay, well, I better watch some rugby league, better watch the Suwali kid play because he's going to be lining up against my All Blacks in a couple of years. So better see what this kid's about. Is he for real or not? Yeah, totally. Totally. And again, I feel like we're frustrated because we're the ones getting attacked, as in we, our sport, whereas we're not that bothered. Like, that's that's where the frustration... Like, if, let's say, let's say, who would you put as the biggest star in the Wallabies at the moment? 
Uh, in, in a, a Betty or Corbetti. Say, yeah. Say, say he's got a league background. Let's say someone that doesn't have a league background or someone uh, pure rugby union. Let's say someone like. Uh, uh, oh, well, you know what? Actually, this is a good one because this has been discussed already. Michael Hooper, right? He said yep. he might want to go play some league to finish out his career. Now, if Michael Hooper went to play some league. If you're going to ask me how I'd feel about that, I'd be happy for him because exactly. he's done his service. He's played well for the Wallabies, for the Waratahs. Right off into the sunset and do what you want, mate. Now, now, good one, perfect, exact, great example. Again, I don't think you many Wallabies would be like in dismay if, if Hooper did that. Now, let's say Tenella Tupo, and I know he's not obviously built for league, but let's say a star up and comer like that decided to. I still don't think he would get the animosity that Suwali's got there from Rugby Union. I just don't think Rugby Union like are that have that much like. If you want to go and play rugby union, go and play rugby uh, rugby league. Sorry, go and play rugby league. Like again, if you want to come back, we're open to it. It's there's there's no like you say. I feel like rugby union don't mind this, whereas rugby league. And again, I guess we're the considered the older you know private school brother, whereas yeah. they're the ones that t- continuously seem to fight it, even though their current yeah. internal competitions doing better. I'll give I'll give you another one as well. Like let's say Max Jorgensen, right? Even though he's still signed a five year extension, but let's say like after the 23-23 World Cup, he wants to go and play rugby league. I wouldn't mind that as long as he came back in time for the World Cup, the twenty twenty seven World Cup. Which I and I think that's the difference between Union League. I think that's probably the only time Union folks would get bothered by it is if someone signed to the other code and was going to miss a World Cup and there'd be a significant piece in that World Cup. So yeah, I think that would totally. be that would be probably the only circumstances in which uh, you can know. But say it comes past like, the twenty twenty seven World Cup and Jorgensen wants to come play league for a few years, go for it. I mean, you've done two World Cups at that point. We can't ask that much more of you. You know, you put in a decent amount of years, go play league, and then yeah, you're right. If you want to come back, come back. And I guess that's the the vice versa we're discuss, discussing right now. Whereas you've got a home rugby world cup. Like the only reason Suwali's not coming to Rugby Australia to play for the Waratahs. Let's let's not hide behind Super Rugby being better than in the NRL because it's not. But he's coming to play for the Wallabies and to play in a rugby world cup at home. So yeah. that is our mental piece. We live on that, and we live and die on that at rugby at the moment as our international game. But I just I think that's why NRL because they understand that that as a sport we are bigger we are bigger like yeah. it's no doubt but and I think they feel slightly threatened whenever they lose a superstar like that so 100%. it'll be interesting uh, a lot to still happen you know he hasn't even started playing and and I really hope he plays well like again yeah. uh, even as an All Blacks fan as a New Zealander I just. The last thing you want is a, a guy like that with the expectations not playing well or yeah. falling into a rut or something like that. So, you know, as well, if you think back to when Roger went over and signed for the All Blacks, there wasn't nearly as much of a fuss because I think rugby league knew like taking on rugby Australia and taking on New Zealand rugby are two totally different uh, propositions. I think New Zealand rugby would probably take one look at the NRL and just laugh at them and think. Of course, he wants to come play for us. I think the NRL is kicking up such a stink at the moment because they think the Wallabies are uh, vulnerable. And I do like that Hamish McLennan, the chairman of Australian Rugby, or CEO, whichever one he is, yeah. um, he's a current spokesperson in any case, is putting <laughs> up a fight and not and not rolling over and taking it. And is I love that all of the rugby union stars are coming out and saying, rugby union's got a lot of, lot to offer. There's a lot of positives here. If you guys want to kick up a, kick up a stink about it, you guys fired the first shots by you know, taking such offense to this move, well, we'll, we'll smack you right back. 
But, yeah. you know, we're happy for him to come over. Happy for anyone to come over. Happy for anyone to go to the league, as they've said with Michael Hooper. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it all comes from, again, I think it's also a bit of bitterness from Fox League and from the whole Fox Corporation because they've lost the broadcasting rights to Rugby Union as well. <laughs> Imagine if there was still Fox Rugby. I don't think we'd be seeing nearly as much of a stink about this. So Totally you know, agree. There's, there's a lot more in here, and at the end of the day, it comes back down to one thing, the root of all evil, money. Uh, yeah, totally. You, you, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, I don't reckon Joey Johns or Billy Slater actually really give a fuck about this, but it goes onto yeah. their shows and they have to talk about it. So, yeah. look, we'll leave that for there. Obviously, our frustrations are out in the air. Let's move yeah. on to some more brightest, brighter spots, or at least my All Blacks, probably not so bright for you. But Ricky Iwani has re-signed yeah. until 2027. Now, this is big, Correct. purely because, again, the discussions was that he was going to go overseas, and this is what... As much as I've, I we've discussed like the Barrett Law, which could be the Ghetto Law, I said if, if someone like Rico Ioane was to leave, still in his prime, it would be then discussions would have to happen. I think, and if yeah. he had if he had signed elsewhere now, I think discussions would have had to happen because he's our best thirteen. I think we would have struggled. Um, so it's very happy. The reason he signed as well, and he's spoken openly about this, is the fact that he's got offered more money, but the black jersey that he dons is what kept him in New Zealand and playing for the All Blacks, which is exactly what we want. And uh, yeah, uh, there's there's quite there's a video going around at the moment of John Kerwin, I think Jeff Wilson getting quite emotional over hearing someone say it because it hasn't been brought up in a while. We've seen so many sabbaticals and it's hard. As, a, as an All Blacks fan, I love this, but as yeah. an All Blacks fan, as a rugby player and as a businessman, I want those players to make more money than... Yeah. anyone else combined. So it's it's a hard line to fall on. I'm happy he stayed. I'm happy that we've got him. But I understand all these sabbaticals that are happening. I understand what New Zealand rugby's doing. I think yeah. we're at a good in-between at the moment, but there will a, a point will come to a head. Yes, I think as well, you, you're quite right. I think the age factor uh, makes a difference as well. You know, as you said, he's right in his prime, right? And another four years when there's another World Cup, he'll still be, you know, pretty well aged 30 years old at that point uh and i don't i believe he he's only played in one world cup in the 2019 so so he'll get three world cups under his belt i think that's a pretty good pretty good record for, for well, someone yet to win you a world know, cup as well yeah exactly you like it to, to win one as well uh you look at um you know Artie savia though three years older by the next World Cup, he's going to be 33. You can, you might think, okay, I'm probably going to be not my best at that point. Um, you know, I might not be in the best shape for New Zealand rugby either. It might be better for all parties involved um, to, to for me to take this rest at this time. Uh, you know, same with Bowden Barrett, 31 at this point will be 35. You take those dirty words out of your mouth. Artie Savia is going to stay in New Zealand, not in New Zealand, but playing for the All Blacks until he's 40 years old, all right? Okay. <laughs> you know, look, he, he, you know, he's, he's, taken, he's already taken a sabbatical, so I'm just saying. And that When you get to sort of that post-30, you know, when you're looking down the barrel of being post-30, and it's not a World Cup in the next year or so, you're probably thinking, okay, I've done a decent bit of service here to New Zealand. I've given them a lot of good years, right? Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm, by the time the next World Cup rolls around, I might not be in my prime anymore. So just just checking, just checking. Here we go. Artie Savia is 29, correct? Yeah. 
Rico is 26. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Rico, I need, we, we've moved on from Rico, okay? I love Rico. Rico's... I'm just... I'm about to bring something up and just, just to see your response to it, all right? Yeah. 29, Arnie Sevilla. Next World Cup, he'll be 33 at 2027. Can you just tell me how old Michael Hooper is? Uh... That's a good question. Is he 33, I'm going to guess? Yeah. He is... He's 31. Yeah, 31. Yeah, yeah, whoa, that's whoa, a difference. Yeah. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. When's yeah. his birthday? When's his birthday? 29th of October. So that's... So he's, he's turning 32 during the World Cup. Yeah. So you're saying to me... 32 and 33. Oh, get in. Get out of there. Get out of there, you. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. All I'm I, saying. I, but I, I'd say as well, look... Uh, there is a difference as well in Michael Hooper this year. Then uh, when's Ali Savia's birthday? Actually, that's a good question. We should look this up as well. Ali Savia, <laughs> he's he's twenty nine. He's he's turning thirty this year, so he'll be turning thirty four during the next World Cup. Yep. How? So, what when's his birthday? Fourteenth of October. Ah, okay. He's yeah, older so than me. Thirty four. So T T age gap there as but well. But Sam Sam Whitelock is is my uh, is the one I'll go back to because he's like. He must be like thirty-five now. Yeah, I guess though. Can you look at a difference between I, a lock? Like a lock can can hang around for a bit, definitely. Yeah, I feel like they age better. You know, Adi Savia's game isn't built around thirty-four years old. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that yeah. one. But I still think he'll be an All Black. I'll still think he'll be. An all black. Oh, uh, yeah, but I think I think the, I see, uh, you, you, make, the I mean, argument you're making is he could easily be moved on and. Not easily moved on. I think that he would probably think, and I think Hooper would rec- say this as well. I would. I think Hooper would probably recognise that he is not um, the same level of player this year as he's been in previous years and in previous World Cups. I think it's a very fair statement, and the fact that he's taken his mental health breaks and things like that, it shows he's cognizant of that. The fact that he isn't immediately sticking up his hand to be the Wallabies captain and is letting the process play out, I think he's cognizant of the fact that he's not. Uh, he's not in his peak era anymore. He's at the back end of his career. He's providing, he provides something else in, in for the Wallabies as well. Is what yeah. he, he provides that experience. Now, can Artie Sevilla provide that as well? Sure. But I think there is a bit of a weight taken off the shoulders when you're that age, when you're that veterancy where I don't need to be around this whole time. It's like why Hooper felt comfortable and why he felt able to take that mental health break in Argentina last year was, and during the rugby championship was, I am at an age now where I've put in my years. It's like long-term service leave. I've put in my years. I've put in the hard yards. <laughs> I'm, I, and I'm, I'm confident in the rest of the players around me that I don't need to be here 24 seven. I can take some time off if I need to. And the team's going to be in the same good spot. Whereas someone like Rico Yuani, who's 26 now, 30 by the next World Cup. I'm saying 30 to 34 is a difference between Rico Ioane and uh, and Artie Sevilla. The age difference between the, the World Cup. And Ioane as well, he's got, he's, he's, as you said, he's in his prime years now, right? Whereas Artie Sevilla is coming to the end of his prime years. Well, yeah. And, and this is the question I want to ask. What would you say is the prime years as a bracket for a rugby player? Uh, it's a very good question. It's opinionated again, yeah. and it's different for different positions. Like a winger yeah. in the All Blacks doesn't get past twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, yeah, but I would say twenty eight to thirty one 
27 to 31, you're, yeah. you're at your prime. Anything under 26, you've still got that. Like we're still talking about, Rico, four years yeah. easy, and he'll be hitting his prime. So I think, yeah, I see what, I see the argument you're making. I just think it's blasphemy because you're talking about the greatest rugby player of all time, Inadi Savia. So. I don't, look, I just that, that might be fine, but even the greatest, all greatest of all times eventually retire. Michael Jordan retired. LeBron James is going to retire one day as well, depending on which side of the NBA argument you, you fall on. You know, Messi's retiring in, in football as well. Uh, you know, the, everyone retires at the end of the day. No one plays forever. And there's a reason that they don't play forever. Just saying. But Artie's different. Artie's different. Artie will never stop playing. He's not different. He will He's never not stop playing. <laughs> no, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying. I see, but I'm just thinking he's like it's the Tom Brady. To I don't want to accept it. it, yeah. All right, I don't want to do it. Yeah, I know. Trust me, I'm feeling the same way as Hooper, <laughs> but I think I'm just more prepared for it because it's been it's been more apparent for for Hooper because he is older. So it's yeah. just, it, it's more, you, you could see, yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Shall we talk about the big bad wolf, Lockie Swinson? Mm-hmm. Obviously, probably played the game of his, I would say, his career against the force. Now, I'm only saying that because I think he made such a statement when his return to injury, he's had this yeah. long, obviously missed most of last year. Oh, he only played one game last year. And then he's come back and he put in a very locky Swinton display. Yeah. However, what was missed by the TMO was his wild cheap shot on Jack Strachan. I think I said that right, uh, of the Western mm. Force. And that has resulted in a seven-week ban, meaning he misses the regular season, the rest of the regular season, for the mm. Tars. Um, and unless he can do something pretty special in the finals, and again, it would take Coleman to select him in the finals and the Waratahs to make the finals, his World Cup dream may be over. Thoughts, comments, concerns, Waratah knocks me. Could very well be. Could very well be. Look, uh you know, we always knew he played it close to the edge. Um, sometimes that is needed. Sometimes when you do it within the first 30 seconds of the game, when you do it that <laughs> stupidly, uh, you get caught for it. And um, I missed it myself while watching the game, and I thought he played it exactly right close to the edge. But me, much like the team, I missed it during the game. And, you know, he's been found out, and he suffers the consequence of it. Uh, it is a tough blow for the Waratahs, who I think... Uh, you know, benefit from his style of play. Uh, but they've got some, luckily got some other good six options uh, in there as well. Uh, but it is going to make it that much more difficult. And yeah, it is probably going to make it difficult for him to make the Wallabies squad. Fortunately, I think, the, again, the Wallabies have got some really good six options as well. Do you think Eddie takes a takes a chance? Take a chance on Larky with the rugby championship, at least, and go, look, well, let's see if he can play himself into some form, show that he's worth it, and then we can discuss? Or he just goes, cuts his losses? No, I think everything's on the table this year with Eddie because it's a World Cup. Like, just, you know, I don't... Like, for me, just to unilaterally rule out a player, I don't think that would be in the recipe book for Eddie Jones because it's a World Cup year. You do anything you can to win a World Cup. So... Why not roll the dice? Like I don't. I, I think, but except for a Bledisloe game, I think Eddie doesn't give a shit about any of the other rugby championship games. Really, I really think that's going to be his laboratory time to play around and experiment. I think he's going to have a heavy influence on any Australia A games that are played this year as well, of putting some players into that situation, seeing how they perform. So I think that uh, 
the only thing there's two things Eddie cares about winning this year or putting in a good performance at least, and that's the Bledisloe and the World Cup, and mainly the World Cup. I think even the Bledisloe probably is taking a backseat this year for him to. It's a quick uh, turnaround to turn around a team and. Under six months for a Bledisloe. Exactly. So, so yeah. I think he, I think you pretty much everything's on the table for him. I think it's international games because there's such a limited number of them. Uh, his laboratory, and he's yeah. going to do whatever he needs to do. Do you reckon? And uh, and we mentioned this. In, I don't know if it was last podcast or a couple of podcasts back when we talked about Swinton. Is he now becoming in Darcy Swain territory of an idiot? Like we say, he because he is a bit of a. Uh, you know, a bastard, as we've said. And again, I don't think he is dumb. I don't. I really yeah. don't. I think that was him just playing. But that was such a dumb play when you go back and watch it again. Yeah. And I'm like, just absolutely no need. And it's not no need, like putting pressure on a kicker. Yeah, but it's the the high contact. It's a risk. Like if that got yeah. caught, that's a red card in any rugby game now. So I just think I the think- risk. I think he does have bring a lot of risk, but I think his talent level is higher than Swain's, so yeah. that gives him a bit more leeway as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's approaching that level yeah. of dumbness. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but as well, he he he's also like Swain is not like an enforcer type. Like when there's going to be a bit of a hoorah, Swain's going to be in the middle of it, and you, you're like, okay, I want to be behind him. Um, I don't think. Anyone's saying that for Darcy Swain. Right? <laughs> you want you you want Swinton to be in there and be the bloke. Like when when Nick White gets pushed over, you I think the first person he looked to is Swinton to be standing up in front of him. Um, and I think that's the other element that he provides is he's he'll be willing to go one on one with anyone. And yeah. I think that does you know that does add an element to to him that gives him a bit more leeway. Totally. Uh, let's move up the coast and talk about our man Brad Fawn mm. that we have spoken about at great lengths. I predicted it way back early in the season that the Reds weren't going to have a good year. To be fair, I think they're sitting six at the moment, so it hasn't been an absolutely terrible year, but it's looking very unlikely, as we said last week, about their run home. It's not pretty. They play a hot couple of New Zealand teams and no easy um, Australian teams. So Brad Ford has decided to step away at the end of this year. Now, to me, it's a great decision for everyone involved. Brad Ford, mm. I think, since that, was it 2011, 2010 Reds tied? 2011 Reds side who won the comp. The Reds haven't been at the level they have been the past few years. And what will stick out for this Reds team is obviously that AU win, which is massive, I think, in the eyes of Rugby Queensland. And then, so that I think that would be the, the number one that gets remembered about Brad Fawn era. And then number two, his inability to beat New Zealand sides. Like, if you yes. think, if he could have turned this Reds team into a Reds team that could beat New Zealand sides, just the, like, he would have been up there with the Brumbies this year. He would have been up there with the Brumbies last year. It just, it was one of those things that, yeah, it just, it's a, it was their kryptonite, which you just can't have in a competition with. Five, five New Zealand-based teams. Yeah. Look, I also want to point out as well about the Red season. They've had three wins against the Force, the Dura, and Moana Pacifica. So take that as you will. Um, yeah, the Force win was impressive. But other than that... How many wins have you guys had? We've had two, but we've played a lot tougher teams. I'm just... I, 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 I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm definitely not trying to argue that point. I'm just saying you've beaten the Force and the Dura. 
Yeah, and, and it's a <laughs> You haven't played Moana Pacifica yet. But again, yeah, it's been a disappointing season for the Waratahs as well. I'm tough not season, denying that. Tough season, tough season. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not denying that either. But I'm just, I think that's probably a little bit too much credit. I think the fact that the Wallabies are seeing this as a, sorry, not the Wallabies, the Waratahs are seeing this as a disappointing season. The Reds will probably also see it in a similar light as a disappointing season as well. Um, so I'm just, I'm just putting that out there that it is, uh, you know, it's not, I think what you said that it's not a total disaster is fine, but I think it is still very disappointing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Has to be. That's why I thought it was time up anyway, before the season, when we went into the season, I'm interested to see where they go. Do they go overseas for a coach, a high level coach? Do they go internal? Do they go from Queensland rugby? Um, well, very interesting to see where the Reds next yes. step is. Now, my friends, I'm going to let you take this next segment because I haven't yes. had a full read of it, but I've saw the headlines. Uh, yeah, it is very interesting. I saw this randomly today, uh, but the NRL is planning to kick off their season next year in the city of sin, Las Vegas. Yeah, no, not Wagga. Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, USA. And apparently there were plans to have the season this year kick off there. Uh, between South and Manly that fell through sort of at the last minute. But they're looking to kick off a doubleheader there next year in Allegiant Stadium, which is the home of the Las Vegas Raiders, um, that has a capacity of 65,000. Uh, uh, There's a couple of attempts to do this, but they, they have a feeling that, um, that it'll happen. Uh, South's... Manly, Melbourne Storm are all sort of the teams in the mix. South, particularly because of links to America through Russell Crowe and the other co-owner, Mike Cannon-Brooks. Uh, so I, there's there's some feeling they're probably the most likely team to head across. Um, and look, I think that's really great for, for NRL. I think that's a really uh, ambitious move and it's something that I think we'll get a lot of interest, particularly I think Las Vegas is the right choice for it because if there's a team that loves, if there's a town that loves gambling, it's Las Vegas. And if there's a team that is a city that loves sports gambling, it's also Las Vegas. So there's going to be a lot of people going out and watching a sport just simply because of the fact that they can bet on it. Um, Now, the reason we bring it up on this podcast, on a rugby podcast, is because, hey, we just, you know, we had this whole discussion earlier about poaching players. Poach some ideas, <laughs> rugby, rugby Australia. You know, poach some ideas. Uh, particularly if they, I believe there's going to be a future World Cup in the in the USS support. Correct. You know, so you know, generate drop some interest there uh, through yourselves and in partnership with US Rugby. Uh, there's a few teams over there that are developing as well. I think it'd be great. Even exhibition games. You know, uh, uh, against you know, I think the Waratahs are like a sister team with the or a brother team to San Diego or something like that. You yeah, know, get a couple of those exhibition games going on. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah, I totally agree, and and especially on the back of the success that the Ireland All Blacks game in Chicago had, mm. um, the All Blacks USA game in Washington. I just think yeah, you've got an opportunity if you're going to play those international games to definitely take. Game one of the season. I think the way, again, the NRL is set. Super Rugby has obviously gone through a transition. Um, and I think they want to get the structure of Super Rugby down first and see if they've got a viable option there um, before they make any more big moves. I would say that's what they're thinking. But it is, it's a you know use it or lose it situation as well, where mm-hmm. if they don't, use an opportunity, they will lose it to the NRL um, and play yes. people watching Rugby League instead of Rugby Union. Um, 
Where would you take it to? What city would you take it to? If you were to take it to one city, where would you take it to? Los Angeles, probably. Oh, yeah. I like that. Los Angeles, West Coast, closest to um, Australia. Well, I mean, I don't know too much about rugby in America, but where wherever there's already a sort of strong rugby presence, that's a well, major yeah. city. Uh, I feel like it's LA. Well, you it would have been, but their team got kicked out of the comp for... They're begging, look, they're begging for rugby. <laughs> yeah, it's not team. a bad shout. Not a bad shout. Ghetto well, was... Darren Coleman there as well. Yeah, yeah you're not wrong. Galatinis, yep. Ghetto was there. You could do a bit of a spokesperson there. Could definitely work out. Um, excellent. Final issue on Super Rugby. Uh, Moana Pacifica, the issue. Uh, now, I've just that's all I've put on the run sheet because I'm surprised and a bit cute with this topic. I have an issue with Moana Pacifica, and I think the issue is I don't think it's going to be successful. Now, the reason I say that is we've watched the Dura be successful because they've got an image and an identity. If we watch the difference between the Warriors, and I know it's only one NRL team playing at Mount Smart versus Moana Pacifica, it's hard because the lack of identity that Moana Pacifica have. That's yeah. one thing, obviously. Like, they're battling for crowd numbers, they're battling for support. It was always going to be like that. My second thing is the fact that they're not doing well. Obviously, mm. hurts the team as well. And then my final thing is the players... It's going to be really interesting. Levi Amore is obviously the focal point. Played for the All Blacks XV last year. Talks of him to play for the All Blacks this year with how good he's been. My thing is, if he's playing for a New Zealand franchise and doing the same he is now, he would be very high in talks for the All Blacks XV. Let's put him in the Chiefs. Let's say he was playing for the Chiefs along with Sean Stevenson. They're undefeated at another attacking weapon like him. That He's guaranteed, I think, all Blacks discussion. The fact that he's playing for Wine Pacifica doesn't guarantee him to, to discussion. So what you've got now is you're doing a disservice to the people supporting you because, A, there's not a lot. You haven't set it up. Over, like, the identity of it's good. I love the setup, but it had to be based out of, like, like they needed to do exactly what like they did with Fiji, and I just don't think they went down the right route with it. They're not getting the results, so they're doing a disservice to the team, I think, just because the players there... It, it, I don't want to say they're not at the level because I think it's great for them to be playing at their level, but it's clear yeah. that they are the worst team. And then a disservice to the, the players specifically with aspirations for bigger and better things. So, again, only two years into it, and I, I'm, I might be slightly jumping the gun, I just see a lot of cracks in this issue that New Zealand rugby need to, I think, resolve pretty quickly or it will shatter. And this will be... Yeah you know, a uh, Sun Wolves situation where they're getting by, beaten by 60 points and it's not actually beneficial to the rugby. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that. I think you've hit it pretty well square on the head. Last two topics. Jack Noel, obviously the English flyer with the headgear and all the tats, mm. uh, fined $10,000 for a tweet he made about a referee's decision in the Exeter Chiefs versus someone's game. I forgot who they were playing. Um, no, that's who he. So they're going to play uh, Leicester. It was Leicester. Okay, so it must have been, yeah, Leicester in their uh, Premiership comp. Um, it's an interesting point. Mm. I don't mind. I like that it hasn't. He hasn't been stopped from playing rugby, and yeah. it's quite a heavy fine. I, without taking away the the opinions 
of people and freedom of speech and shit. Obviously, the refs need to be better looked after. It's been far too long. I think even Razzy getting only a one-year ban and then from stadiums and everything like that and then coming back and doing the same thing showed that there's no safe place for the referees. Uh, it is a hefty fine. They've obviously said a statement like, even if you disagree with the decision, there's better ways to go about it yeah, than you tweeting your it, opinion. Keep that shit in-house. Yeah. 100%. I think that's the difference between and one of the benefits of rugby union compared to league. League referees are roast all the time. Players have a lot less respect for league referees as well. You know, and it got, you know the, even the league referees are a lot more informal. You know, calling players by their names instead of numbers. Players calling referees by their names instead of sir. In union as well, referee stamps down hard. Right, will just will not put up with any any crap. I think I think actually this year league's shown a bit of that. The refs have shown a bit of spine in that regard. But there's just ap- in union there needs to be just absolute respect for the the referees. And I think that's the same with any sport. I think that's how it should be for referees in in any sport. You know, because they're already getting enough shit from the crowd and from the sidelines, presumably as well. Uh, so the players on the field need to be showing them a lot of respect because it is a, a difficult job. You know, because you're making so many decisions the entire game and you know making getting one wrong you know you're getting death threats from people that care too much in the crowd yep. players on the field can't be following that pattern of behavior need to be more respectful and that'll result in a better better referee game as well you show the ref more respect the more likely they are to not just punitively punish you so totally. or, or, or you know even be subtly biased by the fact that you're mouthing off at them totally like, definitely players play Decision made on players are based on their reputation as well, like 100%. 100% players with bad reputations get more heavily scrutinized by refs on the field than those clean reputations. And it's the same thing. If you're mouthing off with a ref, at a ref during the game, he's going to be more likely to uh, to have a call go against you. So, yeah, keep it respectful. Totally. And the last point, I'm just going to go and grab. I've got a little surprise for Husey that's backfired on me. So I'm just going to go and grab it. Give me two seconds. Entertain our listeners. Uh, Jesus. Uh, entertain. Yeah, it's it's when someone puts you on the spot like that to entertain. Uh, it is difficult. But I've got a classic joke for you all here. Uh, in medieval times, why did everyone build their catapults in Poland? Because they got a Warsaw. <laughs> I heard all of that. That was golden. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, we're doing the live stream on Friday. Live stream on Friday. It is yeah. the Hurricanes versus the Brumbies in Wellington at 5.05, then turning over to the Waratahs versus the Highlanders at 7.35. So I thought in the intermission between two games, I've gone and done it. I've bought a PlayStation 2. <laughs> I went and bought Rugby 08. Now, this is where the fail comes in. I went and bought it off a fucking dodgy website. I open up the case, and inside is actually the Simpsons hit and run. <laughs> so I'm, amazing we may not be playing rugby 08 at the intermission yeah. um but we might play simpsons in a run so uh that was a fail on my part but yes that's quite funny, <laughs> that quite funny indeed. Uh, I, i'm glad you didn't, i'm glad i'm not getting surprised by this now because you would have trained up all week to, no, 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 no. to I was bloody rugby away all i was I been there. no 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 i was going to make sure all i was going to do was turn it on and make sure it all worked. And yeah. if it worked, I was going to turn it off because I haven't played it in years either. Yeah. So I wanted it to make it fair um, because I, obviously 
we're both. I would say you're yeah. you're a gamer and you're right. I'm definitely a gamer of sport games in my right. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it's backfired on me. So there is one coming. So we eventually will get rugby away. It just may not be on for a Friday. Yeah. Look, uh, I might have to take over the um, take over the pursuit of trying to find a, a copy of this game to get us to to play this because it is a it is something that we need to do. Yeah. Um, and it's been a long time coming, so I'm sure we'll get it sorted out at some point this year. Yeah, I've got the PS2 sitting here, and I ordered that, and I just can't believe that that's what's turned up. So I'm going to obviously go that's back funny. to them and say, uh, sorry, lads, but you've actually sent me <laughs> The Simpsons Hit and Run. I just... Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but make sure you join us for that Friday, this Friday coming up, mm-hmm. Hurricanes versus the Brumbies, Highlanders versus the Tars, my team, Husey's team, will be here. I'll be live from five. Husey will get here when he can to join me. Try um, work early. So look at the commitment from best. the lad. Look at that. You've got to join yeah. us. Uh, you'll find it on YouTube, our YouTube channel, at The Sports Booth. Um, other than that, I think we've ticked everything off. Yep. Bloody good potty, Husey. Uh, you've Here's done one, well there, mate. Um Leave us with who do you think the last three teams to take the Super Rugby Pacific final spots will be? Waratahs Force Fiji. There it is, people. You hear it here first. Thank you for joining us on that rugby podcast. My name's been Luke. That's been Husey. Join us as we do it all again next week and make sure you're there Friday. See you later. Peace.